And guess what we are ready for now? The cooking. Step one, we stir the mixture. Stir, 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 stir. Stir, 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 stir. Very nice. Now, step two, while we're stirring, we also whip. So it's stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Let's try it again together at an increased tempo because precision is very important in this recipe and we do want to have a fine consistency, don't we? So, and on the count of one. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Having fun, having fun, all right? Hey everybody, happy Life Day! We are here at Uncanny Cinema with a new episode, one that uh, has been hanging out there for a while that I knew I would get to at some point. And we are doing this one because it is now the 45th anniversary of the original release of Star Wars. The 1977 original Star Wars uh, came out 45 years ago. And that is coming up here in May. So this episode, I think, will debut like a week or so before that actually hits. So we are doing the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978. The famous, infamous Star Wars Holiday Special that uh, has been seen by many Star Wars fans and by virtually no one else. um, (laughs) Because it aired once. Uh, when it originally came out and then um, was quickly shut away in a vault with Walt Disney's head to never be seen again. Um, and there's some stories about like kind of uh, the kind of behind the scenes stuff of after before the fact and after the fact. And we can get into that later. But yeah, this movie is, uh, you know, it is a movie. It's a it's a TV special. But I mean, you could argue that it's it, there's a story to it. So, it, you know, kind of like it's like a variety show, but there's kind of like a loose story to it. So we'll probably end up calling it a movie, but it's a TV special. This is only available as a bootleg recording. It has never been released officially. Uh, I can talk about more of that at the end. Um, so just kind of like overview stuff for this one. It, is, it was released in 1978, so it came out the year after Star Wars. It basically was made and released because George Lucas knew he had a sequel in the works with Empire Strikes Back. And George Lucas also wanted that money machine to keep on rolling and get those that get that toy money going. And from what I understand, he was worried that Star Wars was not firmly established as a brand yet, which makes sense because it was like one movie. And yes, people liked it, but he wanted to make sure people were like still thinking about Star Wars until Empire came out. And so that's where the holiday special was originally conceived. (laughs) He did not oversee it. He had a, an involvement to some degree, but it was very minimal. Other people oversaw it. Um, and then it was released, like I said, once and was never shown again uh, for very good reason. Because as Steve was saying uh, earlier here, it is very bad and uh, it's famous for being bad. So uh, a few other background things to it. Uh, it is directed by Steve Binder. He directed a number of TV specials, which his uh, most notable appeared to be the 1968 Elvis comeback special, which was a big deal at the time. That was like Elvis after he had like kind of fallen out of the public eye and after he had gone to war and coming back and it was like a big deal. Um, But he directed a number of other specials. There was a previous director who was attached and then he ended up leaving, I think, over like, you know, creative control issues or something. Um, writers for it. There are numerous writers listed. George Lucas did have a hand in one segment we'll talk about later, 
Um, but uh, other writers, I didn't list them all out. I just grabbed the ones that were more notable. And so writers for it, there was Pat Proft, which I did not know this, but I was pretty surprised to find out. So one of the writers for the Star Wars Holiday Special went on to write such films or co-write such films as Police Academy, Naked Gun 1 through 3, Hot Shots 1 and 2, Scary Movie 3, 4, and 5, Real Genius, and others. So he worked a lot with the uh, Zuckers and Abrams crew, um, you know, the guys that did all most of those and then like Airplane and that kind of stuff. And then also notable writer Bruce Valanche, who is famous for working on the Oscars, the Tonys, the Emmys, and the Grammys. So basically any joke that Billy Crystal ever uttered on the Oscars was coming from Bruce Valanche. Um, and so he's a notable writer for, uh, for those, and comedic writer. And I think he also was a writer for a lot of like stand-ups, kind of behind-the-scenes writer and stuff. So this was an early job for him. Um, and then this, the Star Wars Holiday Special, a lot of people kind of connect Life Day, which is the holiday within it that the Wookiees celebrate. People tend to connect it to Christmas, but uh, the special actually aired during Thanksgiving, and elements of Life Day tie closer to kind of the Thanksgiving tradition. And then past that, for some background, we've got uh, Mark Hamill shows up uh, as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford sleepwalks his way through a performance as Han Solo. <laughs> Carrie Fisher shows up to uh, play and sing as Princess Leia. Anthony Daniels uh, pops in as C-3PO. Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca. James Earl Jones has the Darth Vader voice. Um, and then uh, we also have the likes of B. Arthur, Art Carney, and Harvey Corman making uh, significant appearances in this special. Mm. Uh, Diane Carroll, the singer Diane Carroll, shows up, as does Jefferson Starship, which was previously Jefferson Airplane, and then went on to become uh, the Alan Parsons Project, which was some kind of hovercraft, I believe. And that is my Simpsons reference <laughs> for this episode. Yes! Um, <laughs> must always happen. Okay, uh, so those are some of the people, and um, then some other play people in there is um, someone named Mickey Morton plays Mala. Paul Gale plays Itchy, and Patty Maloney plays Lumpy. And those are Chewbacca's family members. Mala is Chewbacca's <laughs> wife. And they all have, like, longer Star Wars names. So this is, like, the chewy version of their names. Um, but Mala is his wife. Itchy is his father. And Lumpy is his weird little son that <laughs> shows up through this movie. Um, and then there's, like, some Imperial Guards that show up and Stormtroopers and that kind of stuff. Um, but basically, the main people of Star Wars, uh, of the original Star Wars, do show up, do make appearances within this. Uh, I believe they were under contract. And I read something, don't know if it's true, totally tracks and would make sense. But supposedly, Harrison Ford was contractually obligated to be in it based on, like, whatever his contract was for Star Wars. And that this led him to, like wanting to get out of that as much as possible like 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 this may <laughs> have this why. may have yeah, led why? him to like wanting that? him to like when he was like oh you got to kill han off in jedi that's like famously known that he wanted <laughs> han dead um may have been because of this movie um this special all right uh other than that i'll just say that the plot such as that it is uh we'll go into it but basically it is life day on kashik uh, although I guess somewhere it's referenced that the planet uh, Kashyyyk is is the Wookiee planet in Star Wars lore, but I guess it's like referred to as Kazook at some point in here. I, I don't yes. know. Yes, 
I it's noticed that. It's finally Gazook. Okay. And you're like, I thought it was Kashyyyk. Yeah, so like, that, so it, it predates, predates Kashyyyk. Um, so it must be an alt name. You know, uh, my, it must be like Terra to Earth or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, we are on the wiki planet Kashyyyk slash Kazook. And we are following around uh, Mala, Ichi, and Lumpy, Chewbacca's uh, family. And Chewbacca and Han are out, you know, doing shit in the galaxy. And uh, he's trying to get home for life day. So it's very planes, trains, and automobiles with Han and Chewie trying to get him home for life day. I wish. (laughs) I would watch that movie. What a movie. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, so they're trying to get back, and then uh, meanwhile we have like we go into like TVs and like holograms and times within the Chewbacca household to like witness certain things, and other characters come in, and there's Imperial characters that come in. It's really basically a variety show. You get musical numbers, you get quote unquote comedy numbers, comedy bits, um, and then you get some just like Star Wars bullshit. Um, and that's basically what happens for about an hour and 40 minutes that feels like seven days. So uh, that's, that's what we're dealing with here for the Star Wars Dream my special. life day. <laughs> so we will, uh, we will jump into this. I'll introduce our uh, cast of characters and then we'll dive right in. So coming back once again, uh, Steve has, uh, has borne witness to many terrible films for this podcast. Some good ones, but many terrible. He's just came off of... Uh, Two terrible Titanic movies, um, yes. and uh, and now he is watching uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special for the first time. So welcome, Steve. Thanks. I am waiting for the day where you asked me to be on this for a good movie because I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking about like how I've done. Keep it. waiting, Steve. <laughs> hey, I had you on crawl. for Freaks. Why oh, that's you true. Send you a good movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but no, I mean, I I do like it because you you do open my eyes to uh, some of the most grotesque filmmaking ever produced so you're funnier when you're in pain steve what can i say that's true (laughs) that is true everyone else enjoys it you should too and speaking of being funny funnier when they're in pain jack is also here (sighs) greetings london have you watched this before no i had not (laughs) i was better before is what we're saying Here's the thing. So we now, I, I did not know this. We have a panel of people who had not watched this in its entirety because Steve had never seen it. You had never seen it. Um, Aubrey has seen portions. I, I'm the only one. I have seen, this is the third time I've watched this. The, How? Wait. <laughs> that was really loud. Um, the first time I watched it was in college because I had to because it's fa- a famously bad movie. The second time was uh, before episode nine came out, I watched through all the Star Wars stuff leading up to it, including the Ewok movies and this. Oh, geez, yeah. And then Assuming someone this... had a gun to your head. <laughs> and this is the right. third time, and it's for the podcast. So that's that's why. Dedication. Committed. Yes. yes. You should Yes, I, I, I was going to make the same joke, but you went there, so we're good. Get you a medal because Chewie never got one. So. <laughs> he did in episode nine. Finally, yeah, it, whatever. They, they ripped it from dead Leia's hands. Uh, okay, also, Spoilers. also, yeah, I guess. Surprise, <laughs> Carrie Fisher isn't alive. Wow. Uh, <laughs> if you just yeah, turned they're resurrecting into the, people left and right, man. if you just tuned into our episode on the Star Wars holiday special and are now just learning that Carrie Fisher died several years ago, I apologize. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, we're, and, like, uh, we're like two shows away from like them CGIing Alec Guinness like flying around <laughs> in a lightsaber fight. So it's not inconceivable. They are, somebody already did that. They already did oh, that <laughs> jumping around YouTube video. They did. Right. That's All right. right. Anyway, and our third guest here is uh, we have a bit of a special guest. She is a huge Star Wars fan, um, is very invested in the world and lore of Star Wars, has watched... Uh, I don't know if you've watched the Ewok movies, but you've watched virtually everything else and the cartoons, and uh, yeah. you've done your Ahsoka cosplay, and uh, you're Ooh. you know you're yeah. you're heavy into it. So uh, we want to welcome Aubrey, but we I also want to note that uh, this is the first time she's ever appeared on our show, but she has appeared on our show in a different way for every single episode. Aubrey actually created oh, our theme right song. Okay. Oh, do this to you! <laughs> that was great. I I love the theme. Hey. I am a starving artist who never thinks people like my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the theme. So, yeah, cool. so every time you hear well, the uh, Uncanny Cinema theme, uh, that was uh, courtesy of Aubrey. I hit her up because she has a music background. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, is, that is her hush. That is her whisper. Um, so, yeah, so she delivered our theme. And so Aubrey has had a presence on every episode. And this is her first guest starring a pre- uh, presence for us. So welcome, Aubrey. Hello, thanks for putting me through the pain of the uh, Kaleidoscope Wookiee interesting <laughs> sensual experience. Um, <laughs> excited to dive in. <laughs> yeah, on that note, uh, yeah, there's not really anything else to bring up on the back end. Um, so I'll just go ahead and say, what do we make of the Star Wars holiday special? What was Itchy's face? <laughs> Uncomfortable? What was his face? <laughs> yes, he had the underbite. jaw just... It's just like weird jaw. It reminded me of the uh, the uh, Sesame Street aliens. The yip, 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 yip. nope, nope, nope. Like his jaw just moved around oh, yeah, independently yeah. of his body, and yeah. I hated it. That's so accurate, man. <laughs> I, I the it's thing I like about Star Wars is that, like, weirdly enough, there's so much to it that, like, everybody has a different definition of what's good in Star Wars. Like everybody's got. I would say roughly, like, different opinions about what, what is really good in Star Wars, and even, like, what's bad. But, like, this is an abomination. On, <laughs> it brings us all together. In every conceivable <laughs> way. Like, this is, one, this is one of the more painful viewing experiences, just in general. Even as a Star Wars... We're all big Star Wars fans, and even as a huge Star Wars fan myself, it's like, this is, like... I don't know how you... A year... Not even a year after the movie comes out, you miss the mark that badly. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like this is insanity. I I'm I love the background of it and I love everything that's come after it. Like I absolutely love it cuz this is Star Wars at its like most like grotesque <laughs> because Star Wars is like this a lot where they milk you for every possible mm-hmm. minute and dollar that you have. But this is like this will stick with me for a long time. Like <laughs> no matter no matter how I try to forget it. It's a scar, Steve. It's a scar. Oh, <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's I'm curious. Right. It's boring, which is the worst crime a piece of entertainment can commit. Like, it's it's not even so bad it's fun. It's just so bad and stops there. <laughs> yeah. And, like, baffling. Yeah. Like, yeah. why did I watch a 12-minute Jefferson Starship music video? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't what even good. 
<laughs> and there's so many acrobatics and you're like cool i didn't know i got tickets to cirque du soleil like, <laughs> that literally yeah. was cirque du soleil <laughs> according to bruce oh cool <laughs> i watched no. an interview with bruce Free airing <laughs> i watched an interview with bruce valanche and he touched on some of it and he said that that was like cirque du soleil starting out that was early days more like cirque du soleil Whoa. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so Aubrey, uh, what's your take of the, your first viewing here? It's just like, if this has any, says anything, um, at 34 minutes and 18 seconds, I said, how far are we? <laughs> Cause I knew it would be painful, <laughs> but I seriously thought it was over halfway done. Right. And we yes. weren't even a third of the way through. Um, I I had to chunk it up. I think what it was for me is that you just hear grumbles for the first half hour. (laughs) Yes! And and you're like, what's going on? And somehow you get the fact that, like, they're just preparing for something and the kid doesn't like his day. (laughs) Well, Linton, you can can confirm this for me, but I I was reading some of the background on it that they were, like, imploring – they were – Desperately trying to tell George Lucas not to have the Wookiees be the central point of the holiday special. And he, in typical George Lucas fashion, wouldn't hear it and said, in his invo- at least for his involvement well, in this. Jar Jar is the key to all this. Uh, you know, I'm really good at writing romance lines. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, real quick thing on that. So Lucas did not have uh, control over this. Basically, he, I, I, like I said, he wanted to get something out there, but because I, I read that they were like moving the studio at that point. So uh, like, like are creating Skywalker sound or ILM or whatever the hell they were doing, but they're basically or Lucasfilm is probably being created. So they were like going through that. And then they were also prepping empire. So they just did not have the time to do it. So they basically just kind of shoved it off to some TV people. But that said, Lucas still had like at least one mandate. And that was, he wanted to What's do, who? He wanted to do Jesus, Jack. That's like the worst <laughs> joke you've ever made. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, uh, Lucas wanted to do something like within the Star Wars world that focused on the Wookies, and so he decided, "Oh, the second thing that ever existed with Star Wars will be that." <laughs> and so, if you've never seen this, what you get is time spent with the three Wookies who aren't Chewbacca. Because Chewbacca's off doing his, you know, whatever adventure thing. And you get time spent with his family, and they all talk in, you know, whatever the Wookiee language is. Wookiees or some shit. So they, they all talk in that. It's unsubtitled. So you get no subtitles. It all just comes through like you're like, okay, I, I guess I understand based on their, like, physicality and body language. And then you have other human characters who come in. And Bruce Valanche talked about this in his the little video I saw where, like, he talked about the struggle of that, that they basically had to then create humans to come in and interpret because they had to have, like, the Wookiee going, like, and then you have to have a human go, oh, really? Chewbacca's gone right now, huh? And so, like, you had <laughs> the to... Lassie situation. Yeah, and he... Yes. And, no, it's funny you say that, Jack, because that was literally... I don't know if it was Bruce Valanche or someone else said... They were worried about, I think it was him, they were worried about it becoming an hour and a half episode of Lassie, where <laughs> where it's just like humans having to fill in what these creatures mm-hmm. are saying, and that's what much of the show is. Um, but yeah, Lucas just held to the line that like, no, we got to focus on the Wookiees, and there's not going to be any subtitles, so you figure it the fuck out. 
I'm out of here. First, the first 30 minutes are just like the sounds your stomach makes after you've had too much Brazilian steakhouse. It's just like 30 straight minutes of bathroom noises, and you're like, cool, great. With, with, um, sort of acting like V for Vendetta. This is not where you know you have a guy who has a mask on but does so much physicality acting. It's like, oh, this is really good. It's none of that. It's just people in big furry suits shrugging at each other <laughs> and making fart noises, and it's not great. <laughs> there was I, every time I thought I was like used to the noises, the, like, yes, like lumpy or something would be like, <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> true. And that, like, like and was, at first. Lumpy's making, he's playing with like an airplane. He's making airplane noises. So it's Wookiee noises plus these airplane noises or like a Wookiee trying to make airplane noises. And it was just like, no, at one point, I think it was Lumpy, but at one point he made a sound that really reminded me of that goat from the Taylor Swift meme of like that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) With an underbite. Don't forget. Uh Grinding his teeth. Oh. This also, I like that this suggests to the viewer that Chewbacca is an absolute deadbeat dad, right? Because yeah. he's off, he's never home, Who never knew? home. He's running, a scoundrel, and like, man. He's a scoundrel, but he's got a scoundrel. Child. scoundrel. <laughs> he has got a family, and Han Solo, I understand, because he's a he's man Solo. about the galaxy. Right. But like, Chewbacca's very clearly got a an established home life on Kashyyyk. Or Gadzooks or whatever, but <laughs> like, and we're all—it's—it's it's like home. you weren't part of the rebellion like two months ago, dude. Like you were just some like <laughs> scavenger ripping people off. So like, it's so weird. It's weird to me that like weird. that he allows his yeah. son to go and get harassed by like space Nazis for the entirety of the movie, <laughs> and for like seemingly the rest of his life because Chewbacca as we all know spends the rest of the Star Wars saga never on Kashyyyk really yes. so like well, here, here's yeah. the crazy thing you you could you could chalk well, it up to being like oh well this is old and like everybody hates the special so it's likely not canon but like from what i understand Chewbacca's family was later made canon like these characters have like full Chewbacca names wookiee names and so I think even in the current Disney canon where they, like, wiped... St- well, no, because I, I think if you go on Wikipedia, they have it split up into, like, what is canon and what is legends. And I think these characters yeah. are still officially canon. So I think Chewbacca is just, like, <laughs> the galaxy's biggest deadbeat dad. <laughs> and, <laughs> but and I'm just curious, like, is it, aren't they supposed to be, like, a slave race? Like... Do they yeah. live a privileged Wookiee life? Like, Ooh. because he fought in the rebellion, does he get like a special spot for his fam? Is that how this works? <laughs> just like, below the treehouse, just below the treehouse are tons and tons of like Wookiee slaves that we don't see <laughs> that are just being tortured beyond. Like... <laughs> Happy life day. Happy life day. We'll walk into a star at the end. <laughs> Oh God, you're uh, right. We haven't even talked about that. So God, much. this move, this this thing ends so many times. It's like Return of the King in here. It's like it ends <laughs> and it ends and it ends, and I'm so angry because every time I'm like, oh, thank God it's over, and then it would just like fade into a different scene. I'm like, no, 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 we were almost free. <laughs> I'll do I'll do you one better. So I got them all a file um, that's actually pretty good quality. There's I'll talk about this later that like the quality kind of varies of the bootlegs. But so it's the same file that I have. I have it burnt to uh, a disc, and so I watch it on my big screen TV. And so since it's right. on, it's on a disc. <laughs> Shut up, Jack. 
And since, well. <laughs> and since it's on a disc, it's not like it's not structured like an official DVD or anything with a menu. And so like when you put it in, it just immediately plays. And so it got to the end when it started, when it stopped, like it got to the end of the special and then it just looped and started again. <laughs> and I had to like find the remote. I was like, oh God, no, this <laughs> is not no, happening. No, no, turn, no, off. No. turn it off. Let me change ask you channel. guys this. Change the channel. <laughs> I didn't watch your I didn't watch your file. I watched a YouTube uh, version. What was your? Yeah, because you, you got to be like different. I hey, always, no, I did it too. Hey, hey. I'm always defiant. <laughs> I'm always defiant of Linton's files that he sends me for some reason. Um, uh, but well, I hope was yours like was like the four hour version then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the middle parts were repeated three times, actually. So, yeah. Was, All right, but you were actually asked, like, oh, the, what were you saying, Steve? In the middle of it was a full Sorry. Jefferson Starship concert that was live, and I was just like, I guess that oh, this no. is yeah. the middle of it. Um, oh no! <laughs> but mine was like a rip off of like a Dayton area like broadcast yeah. from 1978, and so like it opens with like it was really cool because they showed like 70s commercials and stuff. Like, oh, that'd be fun as part yeah. of it. So, like, there was like a GM yeah. ad, it was pretty cool. and like it, it opens with like the Incredible Hulk won't be seen at its regular time, and it's like for a special <laughs> yeah. presentation. It was, it was actually kind of cool to like see it as like, yeah, it was originally there were some pissed the one off time. Incredible Hulk it, fans that night. <laughs> well, I think it set the tone a little bit because like the quality. I don't know. I feel like stuff. I I am part of like an album club, right? And we listen to stuff from all these eras, and it's very similar to like. Brag. watching all these films from different eras you're like when did this come out because is this good or was it good for the time or like where the heck am i supposed to be right now so yeah i totally agree steve like it definitely set the tone you're like oh cool i would have preferred hulk but like that's sick <laughs> well that it feels very 70s yeah. it does right. feel 70s that's that's one of the conclusions or something i kept thinking about while watching this is Yes, it's awful. It's, like, objectively terrible. And it is terrible for the time. But this is, uh, like, a time capsule, in a way, of a certain thing that we don't do anymore. These, like, variety show things that were very big in, like, 60s, 50s, 70s. It's not... We don't do this anymore. So yeah. it's bad to our modern senses because it's like this is just a bunch of weird scenes thrown together but at the time that was way more normal like just get a bunch of stars and have them do these things and it doesn't matter that right. all these scenes don't really work together it's just that's not the point and we don't have that anymore so I was trying to keep that in mind while watching it it didn't help but you know it still at least uh, helps you understand some of the choices that were made well, and we when we uh, were all at OU, or or most of us were at OU. Um, I don't know if anyone else took it, but Keith Newman's comedy class. Did mm -hmm. anyone take that? Okay, he yeah. talked about like uh, the variety show growing out of vaudeville, which if yes. you know about the history of vaudeville, it makes sense because vaudeville, you know, pre TV, people would just go to a stage, go to a theater, and they would watch somebody who's a juggler, they'd watch somebody who's a comedian, they'd watch somebody who's singing and dancing. They would see comedy skits, do whatever. There just be it would just be different shit, you know. And then like five, ten minutes, and then the next thing. And so he was talking about how a lot of early TV, like even like the Tonight Show, is essentially a variety mm -hmm. show, and that that even to today still exists because the Tonight Show has a mon has a monologue and mm -hmm. SNLs, yeah, another one has a monologue, skits. has skits, has a musical act. Mm -hmm. uh, SNL also does video, so that's a different you know type of way they're doing everything. 
Um, and those are kind of the only existing formats of that now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it was so like people, there were literally people alive who grew up watching vaudeville or went to mm -hmm. vaudeville stuff with their parents or grandparents. So like, it was not a weird thing for them to like go along with that. This is probably kind of on the tail end of it because this is 78. So this is getting pretty late for uh for people growing up with vaudeville but yeah i mean probably like into the 80s it was still like a viable possibility and now it just kind of only exists in those like formats that have existed for fucking 40 or 50 years like snl or yeah. tonight show or whatever mm -hmm. they do a lot of <clears throat> they still do some at like christmas like i know and i know maya rudolph tried one at one point and michael buble gets like a christmas one right. they they like try them every now and then but they're very like wink wink like yeah kind of stuff yeah. where it's like remember these old things it wasn't like yes. hey you're about to watch something special bill, bill murray did a special <laughs> yeah did a christmas special on netflix a few years ago that was kind of like a uh you know a, a variety show type thing yeah this also i was looking at the audience for this it had 13 million viewers and it ranked like outside the top 10 on that day for audience i believe because it's not surprising well and it's it's just hype. so crazy it's just like when you think about tv back then up even up through like the 90s and stuff it's like 13 million viewers now would be considered like an absurd success for something mm -hmm. but to have 13 million viewers mm -hmm. and not even like crack the top 10 it means like that's true 75 million people were watching like some random i love lucy Mar like rerun or something <laughs> well there were like, were like, so like there were like three yeah. channels though <laughs> yeah. true i mean that's yeah right i mean that's but a big like, part of it <laughs> there were three channels and it still didn't manage to crack the top 10 interesting <laughs> yeah the, which is like or yeah like top 10 of that like i don't know day or whatever but um yeah, yeah i with only TV, with only three channels and no internet, you were watching the friggin' Star Wars <laughs> holiday special, whether you liked it or not. I guess. Well, just imagine being what a what is kid. way to come back from I've... Vietnam, man? It's like <laughs> I just got back from Vietnam a couple years ago. I'm just trying to settle back into normal life. Let me let me put on something here. I thought things were back to normal. Um, <laughs> imagine being a kid and being really excited to watch this. Like you heard about it, and you're like get your family uh, in on it. And you're like, okay, we're watching this at this time. I love Star Wars. We're going to watch this. It's going to be great. And this is what happens. And you're like, as a child, this would be your first real taste of betrayal. Like This <laughs> yeah. is like how you understand the hardness of the world and how nothing is good. And that possibly probably... embarrassment. You could like tell your parents like how much you're freaking yes. looking forward to this thing. Yes. And they're like, what? Right. As you go through skit by skit. Yeah. And horror growing. You keep thinking, Trauma. no, surely. Surely it will get better. Surely it will scratch that adventure itch. Nope. No, it never does. <laughs> it just ends in song. <laughs> or as like a parent being like, you know, like if you have a kid who's impressionable or, or asking enough questions or old enough, like having to be like, like, all right, I can settle in for some Star Wars. This is cool. My kid will watch this for an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, and, like, midway through having to, like, grip, you like, the sides of your chair and start sweating because, like, you don't know if, like, he's going to understand, like, if the itchy's watching porno or something where you're right? like, I wasn't oh ready for this. <laughs> yes. Oh, all right, let's let's save that. Let's come back to that. But, yeah, any, uh, any bits we want to touch on early on here of uh, stuff to highlight or low light, as it were? 
Okay, I actually like the introduction of Boba Fett. This is the first time we see him. That is that is usually hailed as the uh, the one shining element of the Star Wars Holiday I Special. I didn't realize that would be the first time we see him. Yeah. I didn't realize that. It no, is, I uh, really like the style of it. Yeah, yeah. Go, I, I, I've got some notes on it, but yeah, go ahead with anything you got on it. Oh, I was just saying that that's a good part, and the rest was not really there. Uh, <laughs> Tell us what that part was. Can you explain, like, what yeah, that is? Yeah, no, so basically, um, Chewie and Han, their ship is malfunctioning in this lovely skit that they're in. Um, I think that Lumpy's actually, like, watching an episode of a show, and this is the episode. So, um, Chewie and Han are in trouble. Their ship is crashing on this weird planet, so... C-3PO and Luke and R2 go down and they're like, we gotta save, we gotta save them. But, um, there's this poison that affects humans and, uh, Luke and Han just pass out and Chewie's like, well, you gotta keep them alive by hanging them upside down. That's just a side note. But (laughs) as they're trying to save their ships, Boba Fett shows up on this beautiful monster that he's just riding majestically. (laughs) so good. And the mythosaur, I believe, is it? A mythosaur. That's it. Yes. <laughs> they and, reference um, it in the uh, Mandalorian. No, oh, hey. that's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I so uh, Chewie and Boba Fett become quote friends, and they go in town to find a antidote, something to cure Luke and Han, um, so they don't die from this poison. So they're hanging upside down while they go to town. Uh, so Boba Fett and Chewie are in town. And um, Fett receives a transmission from dun 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 Darth Vader, <laughs> and, and essentially he's like, "Hey, I found the rebels. I'm going to find out where their base is." And Vader's like, "Great job! You're the best bounty hunter in the galaxy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Chewie hears this. Well, no, not Chewie. R two gets in the way of the oh, transmission. Yeah. So he hears it and is like, I don't feel this when they come back. Like, Chewie's like, he's a friend of ours. He, we got the antidote. And R2's like, that's not right. And C-3PO's like, listen to him. And then Boba Fett escapes and is like, bye-bye. And that's the introduction of Boba Fett. The best bounty hunter. That was in the perfect. Galaxy. I just need to note that that was perfection. That was like spot on, and I Thank loved you. every second of that. Yes, that that <laughs> was, was so Aubrey good. as that one guy from Ant Man just recounting <laughs> yes. Uh, what yes. happened. Yes. Um, no, there's all day. <laughs> two two weird things from that cartoon segment uh, that I'll throw out there. Two? One is it actually makes uh, C3PO seem competent. Which is yeah. a surprise <laughs> yes. because he's yeah. on to like, oh, maybe we shouldn't trust this random bounty hunter, Master Luke. Like, ah, we're good, 3PO. <laughs> um, so it makes uh, 3PO like actually kind of like on top of something. And then the other thing, and I had to rewind to double check, but like, so basically Vader has hired Boba Fett and Boba Fett has tracked down the rebels. And these are, af- this is after A New Hope. So this is after Han and Luke both together helped to destroy their super weapon and kill billions of, you know, uh, Empire soldiers and whatever. Boba Fett is a bounty hunter. Boba Fett has lots of guns. Luke and Han are, like, incapacitated. And then once they find, once they, like, point out, like, oh, you're working for Darth Vader, Boba Fett's response is not like, you bet I am, and shoots them dead. <laughs> His response is, gotta fly, and he just leaves. Yeah. And I was like, I what? He says, later, friends, or like, something <laughs> yes, like that. So he calls good. them friends. Like, he has them <laughs> like dead to rights. Like, there's no way. Yeah, he's got the gun pointed at him, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's so many amazing things about that cartoon. Yeah. One is like the planet that they land on is 
like made of jelly somehow and they're like yeah it's, they're like bouncing on the uh surface of this goo and the mythosaur that comes up which is like a lapras or a loch ness monster and i want one it's amazing except boba fett is a real ass to he it he treats it like shit he treats it like shit <laughs> so, so mean. mean to it he kicks it and he's like banging on the head and he's like they're just beasts whatever you can be mean to him I'm like Boba Fett. Oh, wait, another that's weird right. thing in a kid's movie to just be like, <laughs> so you should strange. hit animals. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. They're all um, stupid. <laughs> there's also uh, you see some stormtroopers, and for some reason, the animation is like, oh yeah, sixty percent of stormtroopers is chin. Right? That's just like their chins are enormous. Yeah, they look like Mac tonight from McDonald's. It's so it's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, and it's even worse when you see Han Solo finally. His oh. face is like two feet long. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's fucked so up. Weird. It's genuinely it's scary. Really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boba Fett's human, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why wasn't the, the virus affecting him? He's, he's in a suit, though. He's got, okay, he's got fine. like, the he's got a breather armor, thingy. I guess. Uh, All right, fine. I mean, he survived the pit, right? Uh, I wrote down on, in my notes when we first see Han Solo's face, I wrote down, when he smiles, I want to die. <laughs> it's very bad. Uh, um, yeah, so a couple I will of say, things. I think, Go ahead, sorry, I think Boba, I think I read too in some trivia that Boba Fett's actual first appearance ever was at a county fair when he was introduced as a character before It was like this. on accident. Yeah, I Yeah, it was too. like, they were, I don't know what was going on. What a weird thing to have, like, one of the biggest movies of all time and be so scared that people are going to forget about it that you're like, I don't know, let's go do county fairs and make a Christmas special. Like, like... So insane. <laughs> so uh, a couple stray notes on the cartoon. Yeah, like I said, it's it's known as being the, like, standout aspect. And it's de- I would say it's definitely the best aspect of it. I'm not saying it's, like, great, but it's much more watchable and enjoyable than the rest of what we see. Mm-hmm. It does feature the first appearance of Boba Fett. Um, the special in general, like, not the cartoon, but uh, also features Kashyyyk for the first time. Another first is that it's the first on-screen credit for James Earl Jones as Vader um, because oh. he was uncredited in the original Star Wars That's release right. um, and then God. later credited. And I think maybe they put it in like on later re-releases. I'm sure one of Lucas's 50,000 tweaks probably has it in there. Um, <laughs> but on the cartoon, uh, yeah, the Mythosaur is mentioned in an early episode of um, The Mandalorian when he's like, training with the blurgs or whatever to how to ride it like that little that little dude he's like oh the mandalorians yes. they uh, rode the mighty mythosaur and then amazing, also right? boba fett has this weird like pronged gun thing that gets brought into the mandalorian and he has that so that they made that canon so like certain elements <laughs> get like from the christmas and life day is canon so like certain things from this have been pulled into canon over the years um, the other thing I'll throw out there, the the cartoon is the only element that George Lucas had a hand in writing. So he did. That makes sense. So that he did so write it. Um, and then uh, he also wanted the animation to look like comics artist Mobius. And so any comics fans out there, if David was on this episode, he'd be all about it. Um, but Mobius is a French artist who did a lot of sci-fi art. And it's really intricate, really interesting artwork. And it actually is seen as 
one of the inspirations for the look of Star Wars to the point that Mobius and whoever the writer was of, I believe it's the Inkall, uh, kind of saw Star Wars as just ripping them off because it was from the like early to mid-70s. Um, and so I guess George Lucas was explicitly like, draw it like Mobius, you know, the, those people that think I stole from them. Uh, <laughs> Steal from them more. And, uh, and, if you, and if you've looked at any Mobius artwork and then you look at how especially the like like establishing shots of when they're on like the i don't know the bustling planet when boba fett's walking around with chewbacca a lot of that looks very much like mobius style stuff so mm-hmm. also the y-wing the y-wing the, the y-wing i like seeing the y-wing that was yeah cool. that was cool y-wing doesn't get enough play it's uh it's the best i think personally biased fight me uh- I don't know no, why I I agree. there would be a cartoon of these characters in universe. I don't yes. understand why Lumpy is watching a cartoon of his dad. Yeah. Well, on a may goo we planet. mention it's right when the stormtroopers are trying to find rebel evidence. <laughs> And he goes on his device and watches Rebel Evidence. Right. Exactly. Yes. It's like, here, no big deal. I'll just watch, you know, Let exactly what you're looking now. for. It just doesn't. Yeah. It's like waving the white flag there. just doesn't. Oh, God. It's so bad. But we've touched on, like, all right, so that was kind of decent for, for yeah. what this is. There was that. It's all downhill. It's all downhill from here. It's just. On both uh, sides. Yeah, just everywhere. Um, I didn't hate B. Arthur. I got very excited at the beginning when it said B. Arthur was going to be in it because that was the only name I recognized of, like, the special guests. Uh, And then when she came in, it was like, I hate this maybe the least. I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying I hated it the least. Because it's a fun concept. It's like, a fun I like, concept. I, I like her coming she in. Has, she has spunk. She's yeah. interesting. She's delivering her lines in ways that don't make me want to blow my brains out. So I was. That's I think I wrote start. down in my notes, B. Arthur, please save me. Uh, I was. So her whole scene is something. But it's so long. Like it's so long. You're like, oh God, I mean, so before long. you even get to her like song, there's like a seven minute sequence where like some guy comes to the, because it's at the cantina, correct? Yeah. Uh, on Tatooine, and yep. you get, is it Max Rebo? I believe, um, and the band, I, I believe is his name. Max Rebo is the blue elephant guy from Jabba's oh, Palace. Damn it, uh, that's right. I do not oh, know man. the name of the the oh. leader of the. Uh, oh. The uh, Cantina the Band, cantina. though I'm not sure. We all know the type of music that it is, though. Uh, well, We're all well aware. Well, I don't, I don't know what the Cantina people play that, but Max Rebo's band definitely plays jizz, and they are there jizz whalers, according <laughs> to Wikipedia. Absolutely. I like. I that. actually. I, I was. I was. T- stops George Lucas ever. I was telling <laughs> ever. I was telling. I was. Uh, he did not back down. So we recorded an episode on the Rocketeer recently, and I was at a friend's place, and I was watching that with their kids. And um, we were talking about the Star Wars Holiday hey kids, Special. You know what this is called? No, no, the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but no, then we did end up talking about jizz? Star Wars jizz, but <laughs> not within their earshot. But I can't remember somewhere we're talking either about like uh, the, the movie or something came up. He's a Star Wars fan or something. 
And I was like, oh, do you know what that's called? And I told both of them, and they could not stop laughing, particularly at the fact that musicians who play it are called jizz whalers. And they just <laughs> they were just dying. You're a great friend, Linton. <laughs> hey, they liked it. No, that is a public service to educate people on yes. that because it's an, it's an incredible fact. I think everyone should know. Yeah. Oh, God. That should be the first fact when you're, like, woken up in the Matrix. When, like, <laughs> the, hey, listen to you this. You know the musicians? <laughs> I got something crazy for you. <laughs> There's no reason for it to be called this. No one says it. It's just that's the name. Uh, but, but I did, like, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think B. Arthur was the one skit that had me interested yeah. And not desperately trying yeah. to think about yes. fast forwarding because <laughs> yes. like I was like, oh, yeah, like you said, like she brings a spunk to it. She's yeah. like, there's a cool it's like, cool, we're going back to the cantina. Um, but like, yeah, there's the guy that's like trying to win her over and she's like pouring drinks into the top of his head. Yeah. yeah. And then like, <laughs> which was very, very just disorienting to me. I was talking to a friend of the show, Izzy, my friend uh, Izzy, and I mentioned that I had watched this. And she was like, oh, yeah, how about that scene where the guy pours the drink into his head? What's that about? Like, that was the main thing she remembered from watching this. Because, of course, she had seen it because Izzy's amazing. But what was that? Why? They have all the cool aliens in there because it's the cantina. But they had this relatively normal-looking guy with a weird, like, volcano hairstyle. And... I don't know. They just needed it to be weird. He couldn't just be a guy. They're like, okay, we we'll make, make him wacky. <laughs> exactly. And just like, yeah. Poor, poor B. Arthur, Arthur, man. Like, they're just like, hey, you got to do this. And she's like, ah. she's real game for it. Like, she's a real <laughs> yep. trooper. But yeah. like, it's like, yeah. I got to fucking what? Like, I got to, <laughs> I got to get this like plastic cup and put it in this dude's head, and he's begging and to fake like, pour it. There's definitely oh, no geez. liquid, but they add it all in post. They add liquid noise in post, and it's real obvious and bad. Here's the thing so that strange. that kind of blows my mind watching it with these aspects so yeah we have like three key human characters that are not the main star wars cast and they are uh b arthur who obviously is famous for the golden girls and she had a lengthy stage career and stuff harvey corman who was uh in various mel brooks movies and was also on the carol burnett show and art carney who is most famous for being uh, norton on the honeymooners but that was about 25 years before this special came out. Um, so you be Arthur and Harvey Corman are like in their fifties. I would guess that art Carney was in his sixties, possibly close to 70. And the thing I'm sitting there watching is like the pitch meeting, like how this had to have gone was like, Hey, young people love star Wars. You know what else young people love? B. Arthur, Harvey Corman, and Art Carney. <laughs> For real. And I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if it was like a purposeful decision of, because you have the variety show aspect of like, well, the kids are going to show up for the crazy creatures and because it's star wars and so we need something for the adults so we want to like Probably. bring out these like older people but the weird thing is like they're like older you know they're in their 50s and 60s there's no like there's no like person in their 30s or 40s who was like big at the time of like oh this person's like kind of a star so let's get them on the show it's like no our audience is either children or the elderly nothing in between <laughs> no in between no. wait but jefferson starship that's I guess someone maybe I don't know. Like, you know All right, and stoners. Me. That's it. If they happen to come <laughs> across it on TV, yeah. <laughs> I cannot imagine being stoned and watching this. Being on anything, anything, and watching this would be 
just the worst experience. <laughs> it's oh, long yeah. enough as is. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the Jefferson Starship music video would be like the reprieve before the insanity begins again. Like if you were so... Yeah, you're right, actually. Like, it was like, thank God, something I can like wrap my stone mind around. <laughs> but yeah, B. Arthur did all right. Uh, she was deal. I also really appreciate she's dealing with a dude at a... She's a bartender at the cantina, yeah. and she's dealing with a guy who's like obsessed with her and won't leave her alone, and she keeps trying to turn him away while trying to still be a professional bartender. And he's just will not to he's like no you love me you're into me this is you said these six words to me i'll, I'll never forget waiting. them come back soon i'll be waiting and she's like i say that to everybody but cool yeah sure uh and again that was great stuff for a kid's so special. good absolutely like, so good. also she dances with greedo doesn't she so what's she dances, up with that? She dances with Greedo, Greedo? who should, well, it could be some she other, what is it, Randian, Rondian? What are, what are they called, Aubrey? Uh, you know. It's right there. Right. You're we'll, dancing around We'll come it. back. The one that's weirder to me is, uh, is like Pondo Rodian. Baba or something. The guy who gets his arm cut off by Obi-Wan when yes. Obi-Wan just like yeah. slices him up and then just like yep. goes back to his drink. Um, he's wearing the exact same costume. And so like, and I, yeah. I was sitting there trying to rationalize. I was like, well, I guess humans sometimes also wear red shirts and they aren't the same people. So maybe this is just a different guy. <laughs> yeah. And then she sings a whole song. Like, so th- she has her skit and you're like, cool. That's over, I guess. It is not. Then she does a whole song trying to get everybody to leave because they have to leave because there's a lockdown because of Rebels. Uh, and so it is very long. I do think I hated at least of, like, the three songs, though. Again, I'm not saying I liked it. I'm not saying, I'm like, yeah, get that on my Spotify playlist. Got to listen to that now. The two key Party time. Party time. Everybody's feeling fine because oh, it's no. party time. <laughs> Sorry, Aubrey. What were you saying? No, the two key changes didn't get it, like, for you. It didn't get it for you. <laughs> right, yeah. Mm. <laughs> really escalated. Oh, gosh. And she did fine. Like, she did fine. I was like, I didn't know yeah. B. Arthur could sing. Good for you. Well, she was, I, was I, I read, she was, on, she was on Broadway stuff, so... I, I think it was uh, I think it was in that Bruce Valanche thing where he was saying he she wanted to do a song because people didn't know her as having mm. a Broadway and singing background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess she, she was in Fiddler, like the original production of Fiddler, oh, okay. like as the matchmaker, oh. whatever that character. And he mentioned a couple Ooh. other like big ones. So she wanted to do it, and then he said, "Well, it's." Yeah, he's telling the audience, like, well, it's Star Wars, so there's not a whole lot of opportunity for that. But, uh, yeah, we came up with something. (laughs) Boy, they sure did come up with something. Yes. That seems like kind of how they were operating this entire time. Just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. Sure. That seems like pretty much the gist of the entire Sure, that's your talent for the talent show? Put it on. Let's go. Yes. (laughs) That's it right there. Bing. All right, so B. Arthur aside, we also have some other segments, specifically by Harvey Corman. Um, he's the guy who pours liquid into his head, but he also shows up in okay. two other segments. He plays a malfunctioning robot giving instructions. Uh. 
um, at one point has a, a real flapping tongue going, which is where I got my name for this episode. And then the <laughs> truly my least favorite part. The other the other part is he plays a, a Julia Child alien parody, which has uh, a portion that goes stir whip stir whip 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 stir stir whip stir whip 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 stir. And so Chewbacca's wife is watching a space Julia Child. Uh, instruct on how to make some kind of <laughs> monster dish or something, and it's, it's uh, Mapa stew. Oh, okay, okay. all right. <laughs> Very good. Um, I did no, notice that Itchy Itchy had a or Oz- oh, it is Bantha. I well, I, well, Wampa I... wouldn't make sense because Empire hadn't come out yet. Um, but yeah, I did notice that uh, Lumpy <laughs> had a had a Bantha uh yes. toy stuffed yes. animal, and that that was a good that was touch. So cute. Good I want touch. that actually. I would have that. That would be good. Um, but yes, so there is some just terrible comedy, uh, from Harvey Corman, who is quite good when he's with Mel Brooks, but, uh, not real great here. Do you think there's a remix? I haven't looked for this, but I, I, do you think there's a remix of Stir Whipster? Like, like some sort of like like a steamed hams type thing. (laughs) We can make it happen. That would be. Aubrey has the musical talent. We'll be doing this for the next episode. Yeah, I can work. I can work on that. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying that would be yeah yeah, yeah mix no no take, take that Aubrey and then mix in like the main theme and like Duel of the Fates and any other key ones. Yo <laughs> yo, oh my God, get some opera voices in there to stow make it epic. Stow whip, whipster, stow whip, stow whip, stow whip, whipster. Okay, actually oh. yes, this okay, something good may come from the holiday right. special yet. You know, I'll actually see what I can do there. <laughs> and then, Incredible. The other line, the other line that haunts me that I want you to add into this as like a bridge or something is when what Diane Carroll is her name? Yeah. Uh, when she says, sure. uh, "I am your pleasure, experience me." <laughs> okay, like, that is the line. I, I think I think I we must. need to go into this. So, Steve, do you want to set the stage I, for for what Steve. this sequence is? Yes, please let me. Uh, I'll miss some stuff because Aubrey was like very detail oriented on the animated skit. And I usually and I was like so checked out of most of this that I may miss some. <laughs> but uh, you, you don't want to go into detail about this part. I, I mean, I do, but I honestly think I might just forget like a lot of it. So because it was like, my brain was just somewhere else. But um, so, OK, so the the uh, Chewbacca's family has like this like. Is it Harvey Corman playing like the? No, that that is Art, Art Carney from the okay, Honeymooners. So... Which I, I'll just add in when he shows up, yeah. he comes. I think it's this time or at some point during during the you know special, but I'm pretty sure it's during this time. He says, "I brought you that proton pack," and I'm like, "Don't you dare right. drag Ghostbusters into this!" <laughs> so they just use yeah. like proton pack as a term well before the uh, Ghostbusters utilized it. But yeah, so he shows up to uh, so. Yeah, Art Carney is like a local dealer trader guy on Kashyyyk, and um, he's friends with Chewie's family, and so he comes with like Life Day gifts for everybody. Um, one ends up being like basically a TV where at one point an Imperial officer literally sits down and watches the Jefferson Starship music video. Um, the other, I can't remember the other gifts, but the 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 one that Itchy. Chewbacca's father opens up at one point is like this VR headset um, and it's basically like you sit in a chair and this like thing comes down over his eyes and he 
you know, gets very excited about it. I can tell from his giant weird mouth. But uh, so the family, <laughs> like Mala's off cooking something. Lumpy's in the room somewhere. And Itchy decides he's going to check out his gift at one point, And he puts the thing on his head. And well, and, and I'll just say that Art Carney is like, oh, you're going to enjoy this, yep. Itchy. Yep. <laughs> I wrote I... down, quote, it's just wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That really I is the only down, way to think about it. Yeah. I was like, is this about to be porn? Like as a joke. And I was like, oh, kind of. <laughs> well, at first. Yeah. Like, I wrote down, is this VR porn? <laughs> like at first you're like, okay. So like previous to this lumpy watched like kind of like similar to a new hope, like on this like table stand, like a visual sort of thing, like these, the Cirque du Soleil dancers. So you're like, oh, cool. It's just going to be some other like thing that they watch some very boring skit thing i have to sit through <laughs> so diane carroll shows up and she's like on this black screen with like all these like lights and stuff and she's all like done up and she like literally it's one of her first couple lines where she says i am your pleasure experience me and you're like that rings like porno yeah and here here, here so, are some of the lines just i'm gonna interject here yeah, so she says there's more to it but this is the i, I jotted down the key ones Oh, oh, we are excited, aren't we? That's that's one of her first things. This is when uh-huh. when she's like when Itchy's mind is hooked up to all this shit, and then she says in like an incredibly seductive tone, "I am your fantasy, I am your experience. So experience me. I yeah. am your pleasure. Enjoy me." Yeah. I, I wrote down, God. I am your fantasy, and then wrote, the fuck you are. This is not, absolutely not. No. So, to be clear, Itchy. she is a human woman, too. And Itchy yes. is uh, Chewbacca's yes. very Wookiee father. And hey, love is love in a galaxy far, far away. But uh... What's the inverse of furry porn? Because this is the opposite situation. Yeah. A very furry skinny, thing is watching. Skinny, skin porn. I don't know what you would <laughs> He so he rubs one out Wookiee style uh, <laughs> in front of his goddamn grandson. We don't see that, although it's entirely so. entirely possible that that's what's going on, like in his brain. Like it might be stimulating his brain. Right. We it's it's hard to tell. Yeah, his if jaw only, was going in circles, so something was happening. I uh. I would hope and pray that Wikipedia has some like canon explanation <laughs> for like how Wookies experience pleasure like this. But his jaw was going crazy. It was oh, going yeah. right and left, <laughs> just oh, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. So he watches it. And like everything else, when it's over, he just takes the headset off, and we move right along. And she's uh, a she kind of does too. this song. She like, sings a yeah, song. She sang a song. Yeah. When she started singing, that was a massive improvement. That's what I wrote oh, yeah. down. I was like, oh, thank God. She's just singing. Okay, cool. That's <laughs> yeah, all that's happening. This could have been worse. So, uh... I also... Go ahead. I also wrote down, this is the first time we've seen anything remotely resembling talent on this screen. That's just like, she's a good singer. <laughs> she did fine. Right, because it it's pretty early boring. on. How are there not, like, FCC-like complaints about this? Like, you would assume, like, Right, parents had to have been like, "Oh, excuse me." So, uh, so two <laughs> two quick things. One, uh, Bruce Valanche was saying that I guess they offered it to share, and she turned it down. I wonder Shame. why. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I read this. I think this was from IMDb. So, if this is legit, you know, I don't know, but it says according to producer Mitzi Welch, 
the sequence with Diane Carroll was intended to be, quote, softcore porn that would pass the censors. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it had real, uh, according to my You know, we want to have, uh, we want to have something for everybody in here. <laughs> something for the fellas, baby. <laughs> And this um, guy's older, so. <laughs> For all the creepy grandpas watching. <laughs> Look, uh, Mrs. Scratchy ain't been around for a while. and <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Um, my roommate who watches with me, uh, Alyssa, shout out to Alyssa, who kept me saying I wanted to quit. And she's like, you can't quit. You have to keep going bless her uh she was like oh this has real diva dance vibes from like the fifth element (laughs) this is like very it's like if you imagine yeah if you imagine that but like uh the community theater version of it that's what you get that's what this is through a kaleidoscope yeah yes don't forget you can't forget the Kaleidoscope. This would be That's like I'm, I'm trying to think of like an episode, any other like sitcoms or anything where like this would even be remotely. It would be like everybody loves Raymond. His like dad just like in the middle of an episode, sitting down in between the twins and popping on some cinema, some Wookie porn, porn or something. Yes, yeah, Wookie porn. <laughs> um, what you, uh, so, so another weird. kind of random moment right around in here. I think it's when Art Carney gives them presents. Or it might be near the end. I'm not sure. But I wrote down this line. Uh, I think it's when he gives something to Lumpy, who's the little kid Wookiee. I love to make a Wookiee happy, um, which was just a weird line to hear. And then after that, he's given something to Chewbacca's wife. And then he just, like, demands a kiss from her. Yes! <laughs> yes! And yes! she goes along yes! with it. What was that? Yeah. Uh. He's like, give me a little, sh- like, a little something, nothing for me? Like, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And she kisses him on the cheek. It's like, what the fuck? I wrote down, was that necessary? <laughs> the fucking, that's why he's hanging out in Kashyyyk, man. He's, he's, well, he loves like, that, loves that Wookiee. Yeah, yeah he loves the Wookiee stuff. Imperial officer earlier, he's like, would you like to pay me for that or give me something in return? <laughs> yes! Oh my god, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa. The local creep. The local creep on Kashyyyk. Who Chewbacca's not. Like, Chewbacca would, like, if, if he knew what was I going on, be ripping his arms off. I was thinking that, yes, I also need that on a poster or a shirt or something. It's extremely good. <laughs> the creep on Kashyyyk? The yes. local creep on Kashyyyk. Oh, so it has good. that ring to it. <laughs> Uh, uh, how about those uh, t-shirt store going? How about those fucking lumpy close-ups? We got multiple oh times god. where Lumpy's oh like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's and he's like, so <laughs> <laughs> especially while he's watching his weird circus thing in the beginning, the weird circus delay thing. So they just have these kind of shots where they try to show the full uh, table that it's happening on, but he's just sitting behind it trying to have reaction shots to things he can't see and it's horrifying <laughs> were those real eyes or those like weird fake eyes either way mm. they were very bad if they're if they're somebody's real eyes they need new eyes I, I know it's i know awful. at the end we get some close-ups of mala maybe for the first time like when chewbacca gets home and yeah, like, like 600 and close-ups of and mala. there's like a there's a lady underneath there and it, it's creepy and weird i know you've said it's, that yeah. on a previous oh, episode God. steve when we oh, did uh God. mom and dad save the world of like when you like get close-ups of chewbacca and you're like there's a guy in there and like that's how i felt with mala like like there was just like this like unsettling like yeah like uh, uh 
Yeah, it's, it's like, like something fused to a person. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like the thing took over or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always very unsettling to see them close up. Wookiees yeah. up close frightened me. Uh, to no, a weird especially degree. with Lumpy, it reminded me when you go to the dentist and you have that <gasps> thing that holds open yes. your freaking mouth and your, yes. all your teeth are showing and he's like... <laughs> at all times. He's yes. like, you must see all of my teeth at all times and the whites of my eyes all the way around the pupil. Yeah. Oh, nightmares. Absolute nightmares. No, of I those think those are real people. Like, it would as happen, sad yeah. as that is, you know? <laughs> oh, it would man. have to be, yeah. yeah. Well, at least he gave us, like, good gifts and memes and stuff. Because I always see, like, <laughs> yeah. that going around. Like, just the strangest looking Wookiee you've ever seen as, like, a profile photo. So, like, it gave us that. That's yeah. cool. And if you've never seen this, which, God, I hope that for you. I hope that for everyone listening that you've never seen this. But if you haven't... Just Google Lumpy Star Wars Christmas Special close-ups. Enjoy. Just enjoy Excuse that. Excuse me. It's the holiday special because they celebrate so Life Day. And I'm not so Christmas. sorry. Life Big Day mistake. special. <laughs> we haven't talked about what Life Day is really or what they do to celebrate. I don't know that I understand <laughs> what Life Day is. <laughs> um, there's a if you know, go ahead and tell us. That they go to. My thought. <laughs> Wait, do you know it, or are you no, just going to be spouting off your I ideas? I have no clue. Oh, Steve, would you like to go? I'm sorry. <laughs> Aubrey, I, I would love to hear from you. I, yeah, I can't. I, I, I want to hear. Steve. Thank you. Wow. See, I just didn't know if you. Were, I didn't know if you actually knew. I just. Didn't I know. don't. <laughs> so I just want to know. So they all end up at this tree of life where they like appreciate their life, right? But they all walk through the stars to get there. <laughs> Okay. And I think it's just the symbolism of following your beliefs, whatever that is. <laughs> but then they all celebrate life together at this tree of life in, in song. And <laughs> then they have a feast. So uh, that's, yeah, they just celebrate life, sing together, Wait, and food. It's like the Who's in Whoville. Yeah, yes, yes. Wait, are you are you serious that you didn't know? Because I just looked it up. That, there is a tree of life. Oh, well, I in, knew that part. Oh, but... okay. I was like, damn. Like, what, are you just making that up? <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're cool. right. Life Day. Life Day is a holiday of Wookiee tradition that celebrates family joy and harmony, values and tenets of Wookiee culture. Traditionally held at the Tree of Life uh, on Kashyyyk, celebrations were held by people across the stars after the dark times of the Galactic Empire. So whatever. Aren't they still going on though? The dark times. The dark times never seem to end in Star Wars. Yeah, (laughs) as as my friend Chris once put when I uh, posed that uh, you know ongoing Star Wars movies meant like is this just like an an Israeli Palestinian conflict? He's like, well, (laughs) I don't want to go to the new Star Peace films. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, Chris. Yeah, that's good, Chris. Oh man, that's how you get the holiday special. (laughs) Yes. Oh God, you're right. Oh, that's true. Oh, okay. Although so... the Imperial, oh, the Space Nazis have a pretty good, like the the Imperial Guard or whatever, spend a large amount of time at Chewbacca's home raising so much hell. Time, like not even raising hell, more just standing there and glowering, and watching music videos. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, yeah, like an overarching part of this plot is that at one point there comes a transmission that. They're they're shutting off traffic around the planet because they they've detected rebel activity, and so now they're like, "How are Han and Chewbacca getting here?" And then they eventually do, and you don't know how. But anyway, 
Uh, they just show the fuck up. But uh, most of this is like some stormtroopers and Imperial uh, dudes come to the treehouse and just start like fucking up stuff, like yep. breaking all their stuff, looking for rebel evidence. Um, literally standing around with Art Carney for a while and hanging out. Yes. There's literally like a papers out. please scene. Yes, there's a papers please. He like you know get he makes some like quips and you know keeps making all these like real old timey jokes. With and then they point a gun in his face and he's like, "Oh, I'm out of here." And he's like, eh. <laughs> "Whatever." And, and so uh, he does that for a while and draws out his scene. Like he had to have been like. I'm going to milk my screen time for as much as I possibly can. And just they're just keep giving you jokes. But, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, they, uh, what, uh, lumpy tries to fix like a transmitter thing. That's what that yeah. video is with Harvey oh, Corman doing the instruction thing. But he, so he fixes some transmitter. Then, a out of nowhere, for some reason, a stormtrooper comes and destroys it, and they all, like, tear apart his stuffed animal and stuff. It's all very sad to me. Like, being a dad now, I'm like, I don't want to watch this poor little boy mm-hmm. get his shit destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's it's like a weird, like, I and I don't know if I just am, like, too sensitive to that stuff, but I'm like, this is, like, a deeply sad thing that's happening in that, like, these, like... Nazi troopers are coming into this poor little boy's home and like tearing his stuff up. Yep. I, I don't know. Like, it affected me in a weird way. And I was like, this way sucks. more than this when Steve shit. watched Schindler's List. Like, this cut to the <laughs> core of him. When they when they messed up That's Lumpy's right. Bantha toy, that was just that too did, much for that Steve. That made me I, sad. Hey, too. And then hey, he tucked I, it in, and I'm like, oh. he tucked it in. It was so That's good. the thing, man. Is like, hey. Kid, toddlers and little kids have a, a huge connection to their stuffed animals and mm-hmm. like if somebody if somebody came and tore off my daughter's uh you know bunny head i'd like be seeing red like mm-hmm. that would be yeah. like worse to me than like anything so it's mm-hmm. like i don't know weird to me that like any of this is happening it's all oh, very yeah. i don't know no, it's just all of it either made me angry or sad, which is like really well, hey, strange. You, that's two more emotions than I had watching this. So there you go. Just what a life day, man! <laughs> the worst life day ever. Like okay, but the thing at the end where they all go into the stars, like okay, they so Chewie comes back. Spoiler for the end. Uh, what? <laughs> Chewie comes back, and they're like. Hooray, now we can celebrate for real. And they all grab their globes of light, I guess. You know, the traditional globes that you have. And they all take them and then very solemnly hold them up into the air. And I'm like, cool, this is the end. It isn't. It's never the end. It's still happening. We're still watching it now. Uh, Oh, mine is on a loop. It's just in the background here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they hold it up. And I was like, is this some weird Wookiee cult? And then they walk through the stars in their, they're suddenly in robes. They weren't in robes before, but now they're in robes. Wookiees in red robes is fucking creepy too. Cause it like smashes down their body and it just does not look right. No. Uh, they walk I would the take that then... action figure though. Like if they did like a <laughs> yeah. black series, if they did like the black series with like Chewbacca in like Life Day getup. I'd... I bet it exists with a globe, a sparkle. Yeah. You gotta have the sparkle would, globe, or I, I it would doesn't count. It. Yes. Yeah. I mean that is kind of a fun rando action figure to have. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll do that at Build a Bear soon. 
That'd be perfect. Uh, <laughs> that so a they, life day build a bear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. They walk through the stars. Special. They walk through the a hole in the stars and end up at the tree, I guess. And I was like, is this Wookiee Heaven? Did they is it was there a suicide pack? <laughs> it's a mask. <laughs> It's a cult. Yeah, it's a mass uh, suicide cult. And I was convinced because I was like, how did they get here? Yeah. And then all was like the, the robots were there. R2 and 3PO were there. It's like, okay, do robots have souls? Is it, like are, mm. we, are they also in Wookiee Heaven? And then Leia is there. And I'm like, what is well, happening? Also Han Solo because Han is like – Han comes back with Chewie and they, they – you know – defeat a a stormtrooper or whatever and the Wilhelm scream happens and I was like thank god I was worried Mm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. like I I just sent you uh, on Facebook if anyone has that pulled up or on your phone or something I sent you I did a search a Google image search of Chewbacca life day action figure and there are some custom ones people have made and there are some custom dolls and then there's some like little like uh, there's at least one like little Chewbacca stuffed animal that looks adorable that's wearing a Life Day robe. It's uh, terrifying. None of these I think are legit, um, but uh, they're out there, and you you can get one from somebody. Thank God, all of these are. Terrifying. That's awesome. I, I would actually right probably again. get one. Yeah. Back on the. I like that Han Solo topic, shows though. up at this ceremony. Was he at yeah. the ceremony? Are you well, sure? Well, he comes at the end. Yeah, because he first he drops off Chewie, and he's like. Right. I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And yeah, he, and then he's he like, like basically he's like, oh, you're like family to me, but I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. Uh, you don't know where he goes, but then they walk into the stars and then, yeah, he comes back for the Life Day song. So, like, did he song. even have to take Chewie home? Yeah. Couldn't they have just, like, held up globes and, like, gone through the stars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from a exactly. different side. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so weird. The song uh, Carrie Fisher. That's got to be the first time anybody's ever asked that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh no, we didn't think of that. <laughs> oh shoot! Oh, no. Our perfectly well Plot thought hole. out. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's ruined now. <sighs> we got right um, to the end. Yeah. yeah Car- Carrie-, Carrie Fisher sings a terrible song. Carrie Fisher sings this terrible song. Because it's like the Star Wars theme is jammed into the background and yeah. it doesn't fit, and it makes yeah, no sense. Yeah, there are sense. lyrics to the theme. Yeah, exactly. It's but like Star it, Trek. It... The original Star yes. Trek has lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> do you mean to be doing this? I don't know. It was just not. Her voice was fine. Yeah. Again, I was like, oh, Carrie Fisher can sing. That's cool. Good for her. I'm like, oh, but this is what she's singing. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Why have we done this? Uh, I have to say, I you know I've seen this a couple times, but I totally forgot about this bit. And one of my favorite bits uh, on rewatching here is so this might be the actual very end. I can't remember. Jack can clue me in if this was one of the sixteen endings or the actual <laughs> ending. But you get this. Uh, so we have a weird close up, a weird close ups of Mala as we talked about. We have weird so close ups of Lumpy, given like mm-hmm. goofy facial expressions. But at the end, you get some weird close-ups of Chewbacca in a way that you never do in the actual yes. movies. Like, they're just, like, really extreme close-ups, and he has this, like, serious expression. And then they start showing clips of, like, Obi-Wan <laughs> and Vader and basically stuff from the first movie. Yes. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, Chewie's having a fucking Vietnam flashback. Yes, That's exactly. what this is. Yes, I thought. Yes. Same thought. 
I wanted that to be the end because I wrote down it's appropriate that this ends on Chewbacca's dead-eyed stare. But then my very next line is, oh, God, it's not over. And I don't remember what happened after that. I must have blacked out because I didn't write down what did happen. But I know it did not end exactly there, even though it should have, because that would have been perfect. All of a sudden, like, the doors start playing, like, as Chewbacca. Like, <laughs> ahead. It's like, this is the end. <laughs> I did like Mark Hamill's cameo, going all the way back to his like, first it. cameo. I hated it. I loved it because, like... He says that line, he goes, because he has to introduce basically that, like, all the other characters know Chewbacca has a family. So he's like, oh, hey, Mala. And so it's very clear. It's like one of those lines, like, hey, Chewbacca's family that we never will ever talk to again (laughs) or speak of. (laughs) Yep. Um, But, and I also was like, fixated on whatever eye makeup they gave the Mark eyeliner yes. was so good. yeah yes. the eyeliner i was like what is happening so yes. so i didn't i i noticed he looked odd i didn't pick up on that but i think part of the reason he's under some significant makeup because i think this is after he had his accident oh he was kind of in a famous like motorcycle or car accident i didn't something. know that no if, if you Between if you look movies. at how he looks in in Star Wars versus how he looks in Jedi, like or sorry, in, in Empire, like Empire. I mean, I I hate to say it, but like he's cuter in Star Wars because he like had some significant issues. They reconstructed his that. face. No, I, I kind of like yeah. a roughed up man. So it's fine. I don't know, I was kind of No, I mean, so like, so I think like <laughs> it kind of effect, like there might be some scarring, but they covered it pretty well. But in yeah. I just thought that eyeliner. Well, I that's, didn't think the makeup, the but the eyeliner was interesting. Yeah. Well, that's the reason in Empire he gets yep. hit by the wampa in the face. Yep. They needed to give an in-universe explanation for why Luke mm-hmm. might look kind of different. And yep. so the wampa at the beginning of Empire just slashes him and then he goes in the Bacta yep. tank and then they fix him and so it's just that you know i mean mark hamill doesn't look drastically different but he did have like a car accident where it like or mm-hmm. or motorcycle accident or something where he was close to possibly dying from it so yeah. it's crazy i didn't know that i yeah. never knew that that is a oh, wow. brand new star wars nugget for me yeah thank you so really watching the holiday special was all worth it for that moment for that. right there for you <sighs> i guess <laughs> Man, it took a lot to get there, but yeah, I guess you're right. So you liked what did you like about it? Other like it was just the fact that it was well, so awkward, like, well, so contrived. Just, I don't know. Like it was like kind of it was fun because uh, I, I actually liked all of the cameos. Well, I mean they're really part of the plot, I guess. They're not totally cameos, but I liked everything with Carrie Fisher uh, and Mark Hamill and and uh, Harrison Ford because like those are still like your principal star Wars actors and you're watching them do something within universe as like God awful as like the rest of it is. Those are all, th- all three of them are good actors. So you're actually watching them like do something with the character. Cause like you got to see like Carrie Fisher be a little bit more like she was, she was a little more, a little more layer now to Leia. Cause you're like, Oh cool. In universe, she's off doing some shit with C3PO and like, um, it was cool that uh, Luke was, like, working on, like, an X-Wing gun with R2. Like, it was just oh, kind yeah. of, like, a little, like, detail where you're like, that's neat. He hangs out with R2 and, like, works on his X-Wing. Um, so I just thought, like, from, like, a Star Wars detail perspective, that's kind of neat and fun. That, like, you get to see the actors, like, doing something canon that's, I don't know, <laughs> like a a taste but, sure yeah you know yeah. i could see that because clearly it's like oh these are three like 
really good actors who are in an unfortunate thing, but like <laughs> they are. they're doing something with it. Like yeah. that's kind of neat. I don't know. <laughs> I was looking for anything to like, Jack. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me have it. I guess. I don't What did know. you like about this, you stupid son of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like anything? <laughs> yeah. I was just hoping you could show me. I just thought it was so awkward and it was just like r2 they kept doing close-ups of r2 doing beep beep beeps and because all that was happening was luke was working on this thing and it kept smoking a whole lot and so he keep being distracted like the first 30 seconds of his scene he doesn't even notice that he's on a video call he's just working on this thing and talking to r2 oh didn't see you there (laughs) yeah it's that and it was like (laughs) okay but they were like those were kind of fun like variety show things where it was like you know in a normal like live audience like everybody would clap for luke when he would show up and he'd do his little skit and then he'd bow out and so it kind of felt to me like very like you know silly and like i i I mean look i'm not trying to say they're good okay (laughs) please do not quote me as saying these are good oh too late i already put it all over facebook (laughs) what it's good I don't know. It's dot 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 good. good. <laughs> Steve DiMatteo, I came for Holiday the cast and is... stayed for the Chewbacca porn. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it hurt yeah, I mean, him you know. because he was up against the only other person in his scene was R two. Like he didn't have any other human to like uh, banter with in any way. Every single other person did, and I think that was probably what made his scene so lifeless. It wasn't his fault. He did fine in it. R2-D2 yeah, was played by R2-D2, by R2 the D2. way. I, I loved that the moment. They, uh, <laughs> well, when I saw that initially, I was like, I thought it was like, oh, fuck you, Kenny Baker, who right. is the guy who's normally inside R2, but I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know if they just didn't even contact him for this or whatever because I, I don't know but he uh r2 was a remote control for this so they didn't have anyone inside ah, okay. which is why he just kind of like moves around on like back and forth in a weird way when like normally he like in the originals he had some character to him he would kind of move back and forth and you could like tell that there was like something to him in terms of like intelligence and here is just right. kind of like moving like a remote so control competent. car yeah it's disappointing expected more from him um so (laughs) all right so a few background things and then we can go into whatever else we want to wrap up with but uh so one note i saw was that stan winston actually designed the wookies the great uh stan winston who went on to do many huge high profile movies worked on terminator terminator 2 aliens and jurassic park and a bunch of other stuff he was one of kind of the like key people of 80s 90s special effects so this was probably a very early gig for him um and as far as their design goes it works well enough the faces are kind of like the faces but i think a lot of that's the facial expressions the actors are giving and not so much the like design of the the look of them um okay a couple other things about uh this um so kind of the reaction to it so Nathan Rabin of the AV Club wrote, quote, I'm not convinced the special wasn't ultimately written and directed by a sentient bag of cocaine. And <laughs> I read that apparently Bruce Valanche has admitted that he was using cocaine heavily while mm. writing the script. 
Um, yep. So, uh, which that tracks. Um, yep. All right. Uh, some other things. Apparently, this is IMDb. If this is true, I don't know. George Lucas apparently famously tried and failed to buy up all master copies to make sure it was never broadcast again. Um, George Lucas also supposedly remarked at an Australian convention, quote, if I had the time and a sledgehammer, I would track down every bootleg copy of that program and smash it. (laughs) And at uh, the premiere of Force Awakens, Harrison Ford was asked how he'd feel about reprising his Han Solo role for another potential Star Wars holiday special, to which he replied, I'd kill myself in a very (laughs) Harrison Ford type response. Hell yeah. (laughs) Harrison Ford stopped giving a fuck in uh, 1977, and we have all been witnessing it ever since. (laughs) (laughs) The other tidbit I saw was that George Lucas gave a copy of this to Carrie Fisher, and she used it to torture people at parties that she would have. Well, that was she that was would, the, that was the perfect. joke she said. I don't know if she ever did, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, would, I wouldn't put I it would past guess her. She did. Yeah, yeah. I would very much assume that's exactly what she did. But like, apparently, yes. she had a copy of the holiday special. Wonderful. So they're out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any other things we want to throw out about the holiday special or uh, Star Wars or whatever else? I quickly wanted to note why I hated the uh, the skit where the guy is a bad robot real quick. Uh-huh. So we mentioned real briefly that Lumpy is watching an instructional video to work on this kit that he got. And the actor in it is pretending to be a robot who's malfunctioning. And I'm like, this universe has way more interesting robots than a dude doing a bad robot impression. Like, who thought this was a good idea? Who? A I don't understand. fueled Bruce Valanche. <laughs> yes. Apparently, yeah. it just doesn't. It's like the worst possible choice to put in this thing. I was so You could have said that about it. anything. <laughs> That, that this, happens in this. You could. I argue this is worse than all the rest. It's just so stupid. A, a person badly imitating a bad robot. It's like, just why? It's why? not even yes. entertaining. It's But boring. also, like, why did I watch a skit of him watching an instruction yes! video of how to put together a freaking thing? Like, yeah. what was the skit? Like, what is this? There's nothing. Nothing. So mad. I, here's something for you guys. I want to know, because everybody kind of does, like, their best of Star Wars, and those are usually fairly similar. What are, like, your bottom three Star Wars pieces of media? Oh, like, the Steve's, three worst. Steve's trying to trying to get a fight Sorry, going here at the end of this episode. We don't have to get, we don't have to get into this huge detail. We don't have to go into huge detail, but, like, we can just, we can all just acknowledge and accept whatever everybody's bottom three is this the ewok movie well there's two of them uh yeah and i actually am not sure what i would say the third would be i don't think i've seen enough of the like well no i was saying there's two stuff. ewok movies jack oh yeah i've only seen the but first you can one you can lump them together if you want they're they're both pretty bad <laughs> i'll lumpy them together yes. sure lumpy them <laughs> god Thank you, Linton, for the lumpy face. Appreciate it. Yes. Jack always enjoys my lumpy face, so. (laughs) (laughs) And that moment, that was my least favorite Star Wars moment right there. There we go. All right. All right. 
uh, Aubrey? What? You don't want to go? You want to hear my issues? Um, well, this yeah, is at go. the bottom. <laughs> I actually need to give the Ewok movies my time. I can't put them at the bottom because I haven't seen them. So, can't say that. And y'all are going to be mad, but I'm going to say episodes eight and nine are the other two. Whoops, I look at my wrist. It. I got to go. I know. I just, I can't do it. Here's, a, here's the thing, though, like, Aubrey. I'm, I'm curious because I, I thought you uh, you were more positive on nine, that you, uh, you, yeah, like, that's, you yeah, came out of you that liking it. liking it and liking it more than I eight. And... I've given it time, right. and it just, the movie doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> it's a, there's there's Agreed. stuff. Well, I don't know, but like episode seven is just a carbon copy of episode four. Like I don't know, and I just cannot. The sequels, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> My energy. Oh, I've tried. I've tried watching them over and over, like giving them love, coming back to it, revisiting. Whew. Whew. <laughs> Is it hot in here? Flames <laughs> on the side of my face. Flames, flames. Listen, I don't, I don't know you well enough yet, it's okay. and I specifically avoided saying that episode one was uh, number three on my list because it's I don't, okay. I didn't want to, I didn't want to start a fight. But apparently, you do. So, <laughs> um, just oh, Rose just pisses me the heck off, and I just can't get over her. Equal to like your probably hatred for Jar Jar. If that loathes hundred percent, I loathe, 100% I loathe he Rose, ruins, and it's probably how much you movie. loathe Jar Jar. I just can't do it. Yeah, episode one is. I would argue episode one is if you just eliminated Jar Jar is a good is a be better. I like movie. that movie it's, yeah. on its own. Mm, I like it I as is, but, but like, yeah, it would be better. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. All right. So mine would be. I mean, certainly this. Uh, I haven't seen Ewok movies. I'll probably reserve a spot for those. You should. Um, I. So uh, this. Episode nine would be my would be one of mine, and then whatever the fuck they're trying to do to Luke Skywalker in Mandalorian and Boba <laughs> Fett is pissing me off so much. I don't like. I really don't love the Mandalorian show mm-hmm. that much. Thank you. I agree because it's like here's some stuff you remember. It's classic show. Coke Star Wars. I like yes. it, yeah, but that's what it is. I thought the second season was uh, much, much better. It was way more sure of itself, and like it wasn't just like dumb thing of the week kind of. Well, they brought in lore from Clone Wars. Well, the first season, I think I, I think when we watched the first season, I was commenting to people that it's like I was watching episodes of The Incredible Hulk, and I wasn't meaning that as like so much like this show is shit. But just yeah. like this show is old feeling, like it was like yes. it's like every episode was like, oh, the Mandalorian goes here this week. What yes. kind of crazy hijinks will he get into? Yep. And it was Formula. it was like yes. an old '70s show, like Kung Fu yep. or The Incredible Hulk yeah. or those. And that's not inherently bad. But when television has progressed to the point where we have like fucking Breaking Bad and stuff, you kind of expect mm-hmm. a little more, <laughs> uh, you know, even right. from something yeah. like this. Uh, and I just don't like. I don't like what they're what they're clearly trying to do to the Luke Skywalker character post Last Jedi, where they're doing they're trying to like wipe wipe him off the face of the earth. Where it's like, no, 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 Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is a total badass, and he's always had a role in all this cool stuff you, you're mm, watching yeah. now. Like, don't yeah. worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Backflipping and I Yoda, Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's and like I don't like, like a the face. Coming I... out soon to try to give him more too. Like Ugh. that's gonna yeah. be canon. 
And of course they're going to, you know, he's going to be some, he's going to be some awesome badass Jedi and he'll always be that from now on. There will be no room for any growth or nuance. Else. Any yeah. of it. Yeah. And, and I don't, I really, really don't like when they start like superimposing faces on, like, I, I guess like if you were to do it as like a quick nod, you're kind of like, all right, I can stomach that. But they're clearly just like rolling with Luke Skywalker being like an AI character. Yeah. And it's like a really weird, I, I, I don't like it. Like he's gone. He's an old yeah. man now. Like you can do other <laughs> stories. No, you can't. How dare you? When they tried, people get angry. That's true. And like, if you don't tell people the story say that they like, eight and nine are the worst episodes. <laughs> I was so. gonna say well, the Aubreys of the so world, much, yeah, like Jack. Different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they could have added different stuff, and they did not. Where are they? A jungle planet? Why? Why is that always home? Change it. Hey, hey! Episode eight did a lot of shit different, and you people didn't appreciate it for that. Yoda so. hermit, Luke hermit. I yeah. Look, once you're once one, well, I, I knew this was going to happen, Steve. Once you are within a universe, there are going to be certain tropes that are going to happen. If you watch a James Bond movie from the '60s or a James Bond movie from now, there are going to be certain. There's going to be evil villains in a fucking volcano lair. That's just part of the world. So yeah. Jedi are going to be like out in fucking caves somewhere doing shit or like hiding from the Emperor. That's just like part I'm just of what like they do. I'm wondering why the prequels didn't do that though. And I know the prequels that the did all kinds of other freaking... terrible things. Hey, <laughs> if you exclude the freaking bad love lines. And most other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Coruscant's freaking sick. Now, I will, there's, there's, that's just what I like about Star Wars is that, like, it's so bizarre to me. I don't know if there are many other series where, like, you can have this type of argument about, like. That's true. Like, there might be, like, one objective movie people like, and it's Empire. Like, everything else is, like, oh, Empire's dog shit, Steve. (laughs) Oh, God. How dare you say it? It's just so so weird. So my my bottom three here that uh, that you asked for, Steve. So, yeah, this is... This is definitely the nadir of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't watched all the cartoons. And I mean, even when I say all the cartoons, we usually think of that as being like Rebels and Clone Wars and stuff. But there are also the, the Ewoks cartoon and Droids cartoon from the 80s, which I think are oh. also supposed to be oh, yeah. bad. So those could be – I don't think any of us have watched that. So those could also be like insufferable. But um, yeah, this would this would be the bottom – and then I would lump both Ewok movies together, although when I watched them, one of them was actually better than the other. One was, like, not significantly better. They were both bad. But one was, like, real bad, and then the other one was, like, bad, but had some, like, good monster and effects stuff in it. And so I was like, mm, okay. okay. Um, so I'd lump those together. And then my – above that one would be what I think is the worst of the, the major films – and some people disagree with me on this, um, but they're all wrong. Um, Revenge of the Sith, because uh, huh, okay. so where I fall uh, on the where I fall on the prequels ooh. is, and a lot of people think this is insane. I actually think Attack of the Clones is the best of the three. I don't think it's a good it's film. Bad. I don't think any of them are good films. It's right. the best of the three. But Attack of the Clones has moments in it that actually feel like Star Wars to me. That if that movie was done better, it would be like, oh shit, this is like, this is pretty cool. So, like, when Obi Wan fights Jango Fett on the water planet, I was like, that's, mm-hmm. this is a pretty cool part. If this was in a better movie, all right. I like yeah. Obi Wan's little, like, mystery that he's having to figure out what's going on as, like, a side plot. And then he gets to the water planet and the, whatever, what are they called? Like, 
the can what are those aliens they're called? on I'm... camino so they're the camino and the camino whatever yeah. camino? what she said yeah. so there's man, those the man caminos <laughs> there's those characters and obi-wan's like finding stuff out and he, they start talking about like oh there's an army and he's like what army a clone army and it has this like it's like there's like this weight to it in this moment that the old ones would do that like in that moment mm. it actually kind of works and then the like big final fight in the pit where there's like three monsters and it, like it's all George Lucas out where there's like a billion things right. happening on screen at once and it should be simplified yeah. <laughs> but the idea of it is very Genosis much this is sick it 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 very mm. much fits like the actual like fight where the where like Padme and Obi-Wan and Anakin are trying to escape the creatures some of that cgi actually still looks pretty good the uh like mantis thing actually looks pretty good even yeah. though it's 2002 mm-hmm. um and then once all like the jedi and the fucking robots show up and there's just like seventy thousand lights happening on screen at once it's like uh <laughs> but the, yeah. some of those moments like i mean yeah hayden christensen is terrible and all that kind of stuff but there are parts to that movie that like feel like what star wars did and not to say that Mm. phantom menace didn't have that as well but phantom menace had a whole lot of jar jar and and uh attack of the clones does not so my rankings for the prequels is actually attack of the clones is the quote-unquote best then phantom Mm -hmm. menace and then revenge of the sith and a lot of people star wars fans or prequel fans will be like oh that's the best one and i remember when kevin smith saw it and like early before people he like put out a review or a comment or something is like well this is the one we've been waiting for and that's what a lot of well that's the thing that's what a lot of fans will put it's like oh well we've all wanted to see anakin turn to be vader and it's like Mm -hmm. yes we've wanted to see that but we didn't want to see it done badly and that's where i land on is like revenge of the sith is is more of a problem for me because the other two were like Nobody asked for these movies. Nobody asked for little sure. kid Anakin. It's like, okay, let's see what you do. Yeah. But people were genuinely interested in seeing the rise of the Empire and the rise of Vader. And then True. it was bad. Um, some people might yeah. embrace it just because, oh, it's dark and we get to see Darth Vader doing shit. And it's like, yeah, but like the movie's so I, – I, th- I'm more invested in that story. I didn't give a fuck about pod racing and shit, so whatever. Right. So for me, it's that Revenge felt like of the Star Sith. Wars to me. Pod that, racing like, does. Pod yeah. racing felt like yeah. Star Wars. I'll give him yeah. that. Yeah. And there's like, I mean, episode one has some of the more iconic stuff to me. Not to go down this path too much because I know we're we're wrapping yeah. up on whatever the hell the other part of this episode is. <laughs> but uh, episode one has like it has more realism to me based on like what they, they did do more like, yeah visual realism realistic stuff, sets yeah. yep which is great but there were like more iconic set pieces to that like i thought the last like 30 minutes of episode one again a third of that being the goddamn gungans but you had the cool no. droid no. gungan battle you had the yeah. space battle and you had um the dark uh, darth maul nice. battle Wolf, it's like yeah. doing that three and let's do those, spinning like, that that's three. a good trick <laughs> <laughs> just just I, while you're saying like oh these cool battles i just wanted to put that out there okay. no like or now this is pod racing yeah like yeah no trust this me i look okay. i'm not saying it's excellent okay no um, i agree i i think that those are some of the moments that like keep the pace of the movie 
I think Revenge of the Sith, it's just too long and they could have done so much better. And yes, you waited for it, but there's just like such bad acting and script and it ruins it. But if you just look at the plot, it should be good, ideally, right? <laughs> should And then be. it's not, <laughs> right? Well, that's, that's like what, I mean, some yeah. of the best, the best Star Wars you've ever seen, George Lucas didn't direct it yep so Uh, no and it's just it could have been so good but like i think that's why the prequels to me are like oh the plot's really freaking good they just suck at implementing it it doesn't earn the pay i'll I'll give aubrey Uh, i'll I'll say that i think there are good ideas in it i think there are good ideas that we can agree under better writers (laughs) they could have made a stronger and more coherent film um but yeah i don't i don't think the prequels are like front to back like just terrible they're in- not total garbage it's not a hundred percent hot garbage it's just okay if you have like really good soup in front of you and you only put in like 50 percent garbage do you still want to eat that soup i don't <laughs> i thought oh, oh, some oh, saltine crack i would <laughs> thought jack for a second was gonna say yes i thought for a second jack was gonna say yes and absolutely, you're like, absolutely. garbage soup <laughs> Mm, garbage. You eat Delicious. pieces of shit for breakfast. No, I was I was talking with a lot of um, like Greg's friends um, and the significant other partner, whatever you want to freaking call that man. Uh, <laughs> and we've talked about how the movies suck compared to like Clone Wars, the show, and like mm-hmm. Rebels and mm-hmm. shows like that. Because like, well, especially for the prequels, you want the lore, but like in more detail, almost, and not the shitty lines you want the cool planets and like mm-hmm. the different the world. You like the world building like yeah totally yeah and like the movies suck in comparison to the shows and i think that's the main reason why i'm like oh the prequels are like pretty okay because like there's all this context with the shows that like add to it so alone i i used to hate phantom menace i i used to hate revenge of the sith attack of the clones has always been like a thing for me just because of nostalgia for when I was growing up, it was like my favorite, but yeah, they, they do kind of suck. <laughs> They're kind of garbage. Uh, but I think Clone Wars has made it like a lot better. To you have watch. to do homework in order to like appreciate know, and these movies. And I can't to. stand that. You should you not have, have to do to. homework to watch a movie. You should not. Yeah. You really shouldn't. Well, I agree. I'll, uh, I'll wrap up here with one thought I had earlier. Cause I knew something like this would happen. Um, I knew based on our diverse uh, Star Wars opinions, and we almost avoided it. But then Steve was like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this up." He said, "Let's stir it. Let's stir the pot. (laughs) Stir that garbage soup pot." But one thought I had uh, randomly the other day is, I think any Star Wars fan could likely agree with this: a one uniting, a unifier of uh, if we're talking you know i mean you could include probably all the external media and stuff but it's it's pretty specific to the nine films um so whether you are an apologist for the prequels an apologist for the sequels love either embrace them all love the originals hate the originals if there's anyone out there like that <laughs> like ot you guys like those Who are they? <laughs> uh, wherever wherever you land on all that stuff I think the one unifying aspect, the unifying theory of Star Wars is we all agree that the best part is John Williams. In that even in these yes! movies we don't yes! particularly like, yes! he still brought yes! his fucking A-game. Because Amen. the prequels, Absolutely. like, you Science know, I don't word. love those. But, you know, Duel of the Fates 
and like the Padme Anakin love so theme, good. and there's other yes. themes. Yeah, I don't in know there what would exist without John Williams contributing. Are phenomenal, to these films. and there's great themes in the new one, in the in the mm-hmm. in yes. the new ones. Um, like Ray's theme, the Jedi steps yep. is great, and what I feel yep. is, I mean, for me personally, it's my favorite piece of Star Wars music, and I would say. Uh, one of, if not my favorite piece of John Williams music, and I know we've talked about this, Jack, when we did the last Jedi episode, the spark, the music when Luke comes out and he faces down the the Empire with all of the ATATs and shit, and John Williams just builds it to like it's the biggest moment of any, like he oh. he knows it he knows that that's what Ryan yes. Williams or Ryan Johnson was trying to do that he was trying to give Luke just like this huge moment yes. and John Williams is like yep. I got this, and he gives it it just such reverence, and it's just, it's one of my favorite moments of the whole series, but the music itself is just stellar. So, John Williams, the unifying theory of Star Wars. Bravo. And and unfortunately got roped. They they had the audacity to take his music and attach it to this steaming pile. Yes. Of shit. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> like at the end, it was like you uh, didn't earn the credits with his you. music playing. You sons of bitches! <laughs> like no, you don't get to end it on his song. Yeah. No. As like a music major, there aren't a lot of composers that I tear up to with mm-hmm. their pieces. But literally, Luke and Leia's theme yes. is so beautiful that every yes. time my heart is warm. And I'm like, okay, this film is now two ratings higher. Like, yes, yeah, he's a genius. He's incredible. And I'll also throw out one other little John Williams note is that, um, you know, when the when Rise of Skywalker came out, he announced that he was not going to score any more Star Wars films, which is totally fitting. The guy at that point was like 87. I think he's like (laughs) 89 or something now or, you know, close to 90. Um, but also he had done nine of these movies. He had seen it from the beginning all the way through. I mean, he didn't do like scores for the offshoot movies, but he did, you know, the core series. And so he completed the work, you know, and it's, it's an amazing achievement. But what I do love is though, even though his age and even though he like had this complete, he still came in, he did a theme for Han Solo for Solo. Like he didn't do like old score. He's just like, all right, yeah, I'll write a solo theme because he never got Mm -hmm. one. He did, uh, when they did Star Wars Galaxy Edge at Disney, he wrote yes. the theme music for that. So that you can find oh, that cool. on YouTube and stuff. Okay. It's out there. And then the most recent one is they got him to come back for the upcoming Obi-Wan show. So he's yes. created he's, he's, yes. he's created the, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi theme <laughs> that will right. play, like, yeah. I think on, you know, probably at the intro and probably throughout. So, I mean, he's not doing the score, like, every episode. They have, like, people to do that shit. Sure. But... I love that even though he could have just walked away and been like, I did my nine, I'm out. But like, he's still like, this is his body of work. This is what he's done for years. He loves it. And so it's like, I still love that, you know, we could have another, if John Williams lives to be a hundred, he could be like, oh yeah, here's i uh, I'll, I'll give you an R2D2 theme. Here you go. Uh. <laughs> well, he helped shape the characters quite frankly. Right. So like, I yeah. don't think he would be settled if, new new stuff came out and people yeah. didn't have themes yeah. yeah so yeah yeah this is so also I... per his contract with the demon that grants him <laughs> eternal life that he must come back to do star wars every five years <laughs> required to watch the star wars holiday special on an annual the, basis the... 
All right. I do like the Mandalorian theme quite a bit. I yeah, like that good. composer. He didn't it's do that of, one, but yeah, that's good. It's not. Yeah. It, yeah. They've brought other folks into the fray now, yeah. but uh, yeah. I will say that about Mandalorian is that the theme is pretty damn good. It's good, but it's not hummable. That's what John yeah. Williams, you can just mm. like do the theme and you immediately know exactly what movie it is. And it's like, yeah. That's, that's really the magic. sign of any good movie composer. Can it's I true. hum? Can that's I hum true. this theme? Can you hum like, the theme? The answer is no for the Mandalorian. Hmm. I, I can't it. honestly imagine it right now. I'm just thinking. I, the I know I the rough idea of it, but yes, you are correct. It's, it's... That is true. I guess when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is good, but I can't. You could, I couldn't tell you what it is yep. right now. So. I'll tell you the best. I feel the best yeah. working composer out there that's like in this, you know, kind of mode of John Williams and does make very hummable themes. And he's actually worked on a lot of things that Williams worked on. And he's kind of picked up the reins, literally, like took his themes and done stuff literally. with it. Michael Giacchino. Literally. Shut up, Jack. Um, <laughs> Michael Giacchino. We're on the same page as he uh, he's done tons of stuff, but um, he's worked on the Jurassic World films. So he took John Williams themes mm, and then he's added right. to it. And then he also did Rogue One. Um, so he mm. added in stuff working with the Star Wars themes. And then he did like all the scores for all the Marvel Spider-Man movies. He's done a bunch of stuff. He's mm. been around for a good while. Um, but yeah, he has some stuff that actually like sticks out after you listen to it a few times and. Uh, big fan of Michael Giacchino. Oh, he also did the Batman, the most recent Batman. Okay. Um, and Star Trek. Yes, he did do. Uh, he, he wove in some. You guys want to talk Star movies. Trek now? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're wrapping leaving. up. Here. Wrapping up. Would you recommend the Star Wars Holiday Special? Not for fun, <laughs> but if you want to convince someone that they don't love everything Star Wars. Hmm. If you want to knock them down a peg. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, that. That's, They're like, I like I'm the... a fan. And you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting viewpoint to come at yeah. it. I, I didn't think of it that way, to like use it, weaponize it. That's a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, if you need to torture somebody, yeah, Strategic. Okay. <laughs> um, Does that make me a bad person? Maybe. Makes you smart, which I like. Yeah. Uh, what's great about Star Wars, uh, especially A New Hope, is that it manages to transcend the time period in which it was made. Like it's, I'm not saying it's perfectly timeless, but definitely like you can still watch it now and be like, Oh, that's so cool. That's amazing. The main overarching mistake that this piece makes is that it buries itself so deeply in the time period in which it was made that there is no getting away from it. You can't watch this and be at all transported to anything, but specifically 1978. And it's like, that was a shame. You did poorly. Bad choices all around. <laughs> uh, would I recommend this in a word? No. Uh, I, I'm always like... Two words. I... What? Hold on. Yeah. I'm... No, I'm okay. saying... Now, okay, if you would do oh. two words. Oh, if I had two... Fuck no. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, um, but again, I'm one of those psychos that, like many other people out there, want to be a completist and want to watch... You know, it's like, oh, I need to watch everything of this piece of media I like. So, like, if you've got that weird itch, like Itchy, Itchy. did, then you might need Strap to watch Strap into your porto special. helmet and... <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 
Uh, but if you're a normal human being who is like, I don't want to waste my time watching dog shit, then don't watch the holiday don't special. Don't do it. Don't waste an hour and 40 minutes of your time. So there's my... Well, I would recommend the holiday special, but <laughs> only as something that you will suffer through, uh, as everyone has said. No, I mean, I think it's I think it's required viewing for true Star Wars fans. I think if you're just like, oh, I've watched some Star Wars movies, whatever. Yeah, you're going to like suffer through this. You're going to be like, what is this shit? But if you are a Star Wars fan, you'll be like, what is is this shit (laughs) but i guess i had to watch it i guess i have to know um so there's that so i think like star wars fans like i think it's required but also i would say like this is this is famously bad in the way a lot of other things are like the room or birdemic and that kind of thing so uh, jack's making a face i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it's as fun or funny as those but i'm just saying okay. it's famously bad it's been i mean okay. before yeah, before right. the internet tapes of this were passed around or it was available at comic conventions like you could buy it bootlegged it was like that in like the fantastic four movie and stuff so these are like pre-internet kind of you know passing the tapes around so you can see this crazy terrible mm-hmm. thing so it's famous in that way and so if you like bad movies or, like, just want to watch these kind of, like, train wreck things, as somebody said, uh, you know, like, watching it high would probably just stretch out the time to an, an immeasurable degree where, you know, you'll probably end up, like, jumping out the window, like, uh, like from Reefer Madness or something and killing yourself. But I would say you could watch it drunk with friends, and that might be fun. Make a game. Uh, Make a yeah, game drinking game, it. you know. You die. Yeah. Whatever drinking game you could. Every time itchy gets horny. Every time, every time lumpy makes you uncomfortable on the camera. Anytime there's an Every time you don't laugh at Harvey Corman. So anyway, so yeah, I think for those kind of audiences, it makes sense to seek it out as a bad, you know, film or piece of media. Anyone else, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no real redeeming aspect to it that you could recommend and say, like, oh, you got to watch this for the, like, even if you're a big Harrison Ford fan, it's like, you're not going to get much from it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so, yeah, very narrow window. But like a lot of our the bad films we uh, look at, that would be the audience that I would recommend. Okay. So uh brings us to Can I Find This? So as I said before, this has never been rebroadcast and it's never been released officially on any form of home video. So that includes VHS, which it would have made sense back in the day. And I guess I read something where I, I guess like Lucas even thought it might have been going to VHS. Like I don't know if he had control over it or whatever it was, but like sometime in the 80s, I think he was like, oh, I think they're going to do that or something um, but he must have stopped it but it's never been on vhs dvd blu-ray or anything um so it is only available as a bootleg like i said comic cons and sharing tapes for years um was the only way i think you know somebody uh, like there's different quality out there i remember i used to have a pretty shitty you know kind of like taped copy and then i think a much higher quality version is what's emerged and that's the co- copy that i have so it's entirely possible that the copy i have and that floats around out there is maybe someone who was involved with stuff back in the day or got access to the tapes may have actually like ripped a quality copy now because it's like you don't see like video distortion and you don't see like like static and stuff it like it looks clean the copy i have and i think 
yours too, Steve, what you were watching, right? Yeah, it was it was yeah. a pretty nice rip on yeah. YouTube. There are like pretty clean rips on YouTube. Yeah. So I was gonna say, so yeah, you uh it's it's gonna be out there in like torrents and everything, but it is on um it is on YouTube in full. Um Disney surprisingly is not uh ripping it down. Although I did see someone's comment of like saying that for Disney to do that, they would have to admit that they own it, um, which I thought was pretty good. Um, and then they'd have to take out that scene of lumpy. <laughs> um, you mean itchy? Itchy. Oh, and yeah. all the lumpy scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but however, the Please. Boba Fett cartoon actually apparently is available in full on Disney Plus. So they took that yeah. independent of the special. They must have gone back to the master tapes or something. And I think it was leading up to the release of the Boba Fett show. They were like, oh, uh, we'll put this up there because people seem to like this one. Okay, we'll do that. Um, but the holiday special is not on Disney+, Plus, nor are the Ewok movies. Those also have to be like bootlegged or you have to find an old DVD of it. Um so anyway, so it is out there, but we are in like full-on bootleg territory for this outside of the cartoon. And uh, that wraps us up for the illustrious Star Wars holiday special. So uh, happy Life Day, everyone. Go out and uh, grab your orb and your red robe and walk <laughs> into the sun and, uh, and, and, and do all that. So, uh, yeah, so our next episode, we are going to switch gears here, and we are going to be looking at the Western horror film Bone Tomahawk. So that uh, is what we've got coming up next, and uh, we've got a new crew for that one. So Bone Tomahawk coming up next.